Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Carolyn Morand Cook. We are so excited. Carolyn is a content creator and a curve model. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different things today, one of them being undergarments, which is a very new topic for us, which is why I'm so excited. Um, I know Brenna has some particular thoughts on on this topic as well. So we're going to be going all over the place. Hi, Carolyn. Thanks for being with us. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to dig into all the things. Have all the things. We have, <laughs> I'm so interested in so many parts of your life. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. But first of all, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from. And if you don't mind saying how old you are since it's roaring 20s. Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Carolyn. Um, I am 28 from Buffalo, New York. Um, I started my career at the ripe age of 17. When I was a senior in high school, I, instead of filling out college scholarship applications, I was submitting my senior glam shots um, online. A lady you may know named Tyra Banks was having a teen plus size modeling competition. So if you were a teenager and you were above a size 12, you could enter. So long story short, I was the runner up of the competition. And to me, you know, at 17 years old, I thought this was like the end of the road for me. Like this was it was a short-lived career. And so I went into college the following summer, you know, not really thinking much of it. I ended up going to Clarkson University, way upstate, as far north as you could get in New York, um, where I studied. I have a dual degree in business and psychology. Um, and in models here and there through college, I was signed with the modeling agency, but never really gave it a fair shot. So when I graduated college, I was kind of faced with the decision of, okay, do I do what my peers are doing and take that typical nine to five role? Or do I give modeling a fair chance? Because I never really did because I was full-time in school. Um, and I really, really struggled with that for a while, but ultimately decided to give modeling a fair shot. So that's when I decided to pursue that, moved back home to Buffalo, and I was traveling in and out of New York City a few times a month for jobs. And then eventually my travels took me to LA. This is like two years post-graduate. So we're in 2016, um, and trends kind of come and go within the modeling industry. And I had a casting director look at me straight in the eye and he handed my modeling portfolio over to him. And he looked at me and says, how many followers do you have on Instagram? And I was like, <sighs> I was stood up tall and proud. I was so excited. I said, I have 10,000 followers. And he looked at me in the face and was like, you better step it up, honey. <laughs> oh. oh my God. So that for me was a pivotal moment of like, okay, what is Instagram? What is social media? Why does it matter to have a following? And what, like, what, what can I learn? So at that point, I, I really took a deep dive into my own social media platforms and what I was putting out there and, and ultimately decided, you know, tried to figure out what I wanted to be known for online and how I could add and provide value because ultimately Anyone can post a beautiful photo, really anyone. All you need is a lighting, a good filter, 
Yep. Uh, I was using like XX uh, Pro to <laughs> date it myself now. Um, but, but anyone can post a beautiful photo. And I was like, okay, that's beautiful, but is that necessarily inspiring? So what can I bring to my platform that I don't necessarily see going on? So that's really when I started to focus on putting content out there that was adding and providing value to people's lives. So all I really knew at the time was what I was learning through my time on set as a model. So I was learning hair, I was learning makeup, I was learning styling, how to dress, and I was also learning about undergarments. And so that's really what I began sharing. And how I've become this undergarment queen is every week or so I was doing these try-ons um, because as a size 14 body, I found it particularly helpful to see someone similar to me wearing things. So I figured, okay, I'm modeling in my day job. Why not model on the gram? Mm -hmm. um, and one week I didn't have anything planned. I forgot to do a haul somewhere. And so I was like, you know what, let me just scrounge up what I have and just do a little thing. And I ended up trying on shapewear. I was showing my strapless bra that I had on in my model bag. I was showing my nipple covers and like, I was just like, okay, like I put it together so quickly. And that was like my most successful post mm -hmm. today. Simultaneously, I was in the process of getting married and I ended up choosing a wedding dress that was the most unforgiving fabric you can imagine. It is a st stretch crepe. Oh God. Fair warning if anyone's out there getting <laughs> married. <laughs> And here I am thinking, oh, I'm just going to size up and all my problems will be fixed. No, 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 no. Because anytime it was very form fitting and anytime I had like a short on or anything, you could see the line on my leg when I walked. So simultaneously, I was, you know, learning that my audience was really interested in undergarments. I was figuring out my own shapewear for my wedding mm -hmm. and also working for a lingerie company that specializes in fitting bras. Mm. So it was kind of this perfect storm of yeah. sharing. Sorry, I'm like on a real tangent here. No, I love <laughs> it. I love it. But in a, a not so small nutshell, that's kind of the evolution of how I've built my platform online. <laughs> it's so interesting how sometimes I think we're discovering this so much in our 20s. You think you're going to go down one path. Yes. Or you start down one path and like you, you, you don't really know your footing exactly, but you're like, all right, I'm kind of just doing this thing because I said I was going to do it. And then eventually it seems that everyone we get to talk to eventually, as long as you keep going, things kind of fall into place and start to make sense in a way that you maybe could have never imagined. Like I, I, I would have to assume that you didn't imagine for yourself that like this was going to be the thing. Correct. I did not imagine myself dancing in full body stinks. Um, <laughs> how amazing. <laughs> no, it's so true though. And I think, you know, so often we get caught up in this is what we're supposed to be doing, or this is what our parents did. I, my parents are, were both educators. So they went to school, they went to grad school, they were student teachers, they became teachers. My mom went on to become an administrator. Her path was pretty traditional. Traditional. And there's nothing wrong with that. Zero. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. However, I always knew I had this pit in my stomach. I always knew that the, that traditional role was not going to be for me, but I fought that for a long time because with that comes instability, right? And never knowing when your next paycheck is going to come. So eventually I had to really get comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. and just, just like 
believing in myself, even when no one else could see that vision, you know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what influencer was or content creator blogger. I had no idea. And that was nothing I ever set out to be, but I I knew there was something Mm -hmm. and I was just going to keep doing something and, and, trying and throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. That's pretty much my motto. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because we literally had an entire, I want to say even over an hour conversation yesterday, Julia and I, all about getting uncomfortable and the power in, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And especially when working towards, you know, in the pursuit of a specific dream that the people that have this deep knowing even when like, even when you doubt that you have this deep knowing, like this is meant for me, this is going to happen. It's not about if it's about when, um, and continuing to kind of push forward. It's just, it's so powerful. And I really think it's something that women in their twenties need to hear, because like you said, there is this pressure to do what other, what we think other people want us to do, um, or show up in a traditional way or in a, even maybe for some people in a, some sort of dream quote unquote job that someone expected them to do. So there's so many good things here. I don't even know where to go, but (laughs) I love that you asked yourself, like, how can I provide value? Like in a way that feels aligned for you. So for someone that's kind of like maybe throwing things at the wall and something hasn't stuck yet, like what advice would you give them in the pursuit of finding their purpose? In general or in the, in general? Yeah, in general. You know, it, it sounds really cheesy, but you know, I took about about a year and a half post graduation. You know, I really took that time to figure out what I, what was my passion. And to be honest, I I couldn't tell you. I really could not tell you what my passion was. So what what I did start with is what do I not like? <laughs> what what do I not love? What can I can I see myself not doing? <laughs> yeah. And and I started there, and and I just kind of like started by trying to figure out what what brought me joy if I could wake up in the morning and do something that I loved what did that look like and I and I just kind of like all I knew was the basic four subjects that you get you get in school history English math science I was like okay I'm really not rocking any of those pretty strongly um but the one thing that I kept coming back to was helping people feel good about themselves I loved helping my friends get dressed in college I had a sign-up sheet outside my college door I love that. But so my advice would be is try to figure out what those passions are. And it might sound silly, but I really do believe in the power of like thoughts become things. Mm. So, you know, alongside that is, is positive self-talk. If you tell yourself you're not going to get anywhere, you're not going to get anywhere. And even if you don't believe it, say it. And even in the mirror too, like, whether you're struggling with body confidence or feeling confident at work, sometimes I have to practice in the mirror. And and sometimes I'll say, okay, I'm beautiful. Even when I don't feel beautiful Mm -hmm. and just like saying it more and more and more, like I am confident or like I am worthy of crushing this presentation Mm -hmm. and, and saying it out loud, even a couple of times, it makes it a little bit easier and a little bit more believable. And each time (laughs) it feels a little bit more possible, even when it's not. And I, and I hate to say fake it till you make it, but it's like, you have to just like push, push it through. Even when you don't wholeheartedly believe in yourself, (laughs) just give yourself a little, a little push. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it makes so much sense. And it it really, I feel like we 
put that into practice in our own lives. And we've seen the effects of it because really, you know, harping on yourself and creating more negativity when you're already feeling down, it, yes. it serves no purpose. You know, you don't learn anything from that. You don't grow from that. Uh, you just kind of stay sad for longer. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good piece of advice. And also for someone that I think people might look up to and think like, oh my goodness, you know, she's so confident in her skin or, you know, she's doing all the things. How do you navigate the aspects, not only of when you don't feel that way. And I know you shared those amazing tips, but like, how do you avoid or work through not being so hard on yourself in moments when you aren't doing things you've already learned. So for example, um, if you're like, you know, I should know better than this. Like, I, I know that I'm beautiful. I know that I'm capable. When you don't feel that way, how do you kind of navigate that now? So great question. So something I, I call myself as a confidence crusader. And with that, I don't, I'm not a confidence expert. I am not the queen of confidence. I, I really, I, I, I share that, like I'm in the weeds side by side next to everyone else figuring it out. Like mm-hmm. confidence is truly a journey, not a final destination. I genuinely thought I was going to wake up one day and just be confident and never have to worry about it again. So I, think, <laughs> yeah, right. so I think for me, what I've learned, you know, on those down days and those down weeks is to be honest about it. And I've even shared online, like, Hey, I'm not feeling great about myself this week. And I'm not sharing this for a pity party, but I'm sharing this because it's normal. If you're feeling like this too, like it's okay. Like let, let the feelings come and then let them pass like mm-hmm. waves. And I think like trying to fight it and suppress it like thought feeling this way never helps. It just builds up, builds up, builds up until it explodes. But I, I let the feeling come. Okay, let it sit for a minute. Is this true? Is it, you know, real? And then let it, let it phase by. And eventually I'm kind of able to shake myself out of it. But I think acknowledging is a hundred percent a huge part of it. You can acknowledge it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Your feelings are valid, but they're not necessarily true. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. I love that statement. Like your feelings are always valid, whatever they are, your feelings are valid, but to ask yourself, is this true about me? And do I want this to be true about me? Like we have that power as well. And kind of a caveat to that, when you were doing more traditional modeling, how did you deal with rejection? And did you have any like tips or tricks or tools that you would use for yourself to like, you know, pick yourself back up after some of those maybe harder rejections, because that's, you know, just how it goes sometimes. Sure. Sure. So as a young, you know, I was 17 years old when I started and that was really like, kind of the beginning of my confidence journey there. And it was really hard because I was hired and fired based off my looks and my looks alone. I was not hired or fired if I was a good person, if I was a hard worker, if I, you know, if I was smart, no, none of that. It was solely based off my looks and my looks alone. So somehow I was able to like remove myself from Carolyn, the person and Carolyn, the size 14 body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to kind of separate that as like, I'm not being hired and fired based on my worth. Like it, it's a look, I might not be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. So I was kind of able to separate mentally the two that like has nothing to do with my self-worth or if yeah. I'm good enough, like sometimes it shakes out and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But another strategy I think that is helpful just in the words of self-talk is I have a two-year-old niece um, and I always think about like, would I talk to her the way I talk to myself? You know, like, no, absolutely not. I would smack myself upside the head if I ever heard anyone speak to her like that. 
So I think like, you know, if you have a young child or even just think about your young self, you know, at five years old or, or, or whatever age relates to you, you know, would you speak to that age like that? And I think that is kind of helpful to, you know, yeah. pick yourself back up or, you know, you know, nurture yourself. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good reminder. <laughs> it's such a good tool to go to because I mean, we, we can all do it. And it's like, sure. would you ever speak to, you know, a lot of people use like the best friend, blah, blah, blah. But yes. like, when you really think about a child, it's yeah. like, I just love that. Like, would you ever speak to like a child that you cared about or any child yes. that way? Yes. Like, hell no. Yes. It's so true. It really is. And actually, Julia and I were talking the, the other day, John, a little bit on a different topic, but about social media and stuff. And I just, I keep thinking about for some reason, the way that the person said to you, oh, you only have 10,000 followers. Like you got to shift something yeah. just because I feel like we're so like we get so much validation from social media, but we're also so fixated on like numbers and, oh, well, you know, what does this mean about me? If I get less likes on this picture, what did people think about this versus this? Or so easy to get hung up on stuff like that. So how do you navigate that being so present on Instagram? Like not getting tied up into likes, not getting all of the self-worth and validation on those things as well. And I guess what advice do you have for people that are maybe trying to build something on social media and aren't there yet and also how to detach your self-worth from the growth or lack thereof sure so i i mean i i won't lie to you i, I absolutely care and definitely am affected sometimes by the numbers or if something i worked so hard on doesn't perform and i think for me that you know the fact that instagram is such a huge part of my business i have to care about the numbers i really wish i could just throw something up and not care but you know due to working with brands and you know stuff like that that that's something i, I have to care about but again remembering that it's not tied to my self-worth yeah right so it's tied to my work performance. So that's something that I think is, is a challenge for me, you know, and, and having to constantly create and curate. And as soon as I get the hang of it, something changes, right? We don't own our social media. Um, so it's something that it's kind of a, it's the nature of the beast. So sure. Like I could say, don't care about likes. It's, it's, it's okay to care, but to let it get tied up in, I'm not good enough, or I'm not a good X, Y, Z like that is where I think you need to draw the line yeah. where it's like, okay, this didn't, this didn't perform well, you know, how next time can I make it better? Was it, was it something beyond my control? I mean, there's outages and things that are going upside down all the time. So it's like, okay, was this, was this content, was it something I could be doing better or was this something out of my control? Was it, I mean, there's so many different factors. Um, and honestly, now I think Instagram just rolled out a new feature where you can hide the likes and stuff yeah. from your posts. So if that's something that you know, and you're able to, um, you know, pinpoint that that's a trigger for you, or that's something that's upsetting for you, remove it, get it off, you know, and, and that just being aware of it, I think is, is a huge thing. It, it takes, takes baby steps. It's not an easy, oh, doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I love the way that you, that you worded that is I think a lot of times we attach a lot of emotion to yeah. something that we can look at as data. And of course, easier yeah. said than done, because yeah. especially when you care so deeply and perhaps care about your audience, um, or really are a person that wants to provide value, it's hard not to get hung up on it. But being able to look at something as a data point and being mm -hmm. like, okay, well, we're like analyzing it as if it were 
you know, not <laughs> um, that emotionally charged in order to see like, what can I take away from this? What can I learn from this? Where can I adjust? Where can I shift? What are people telling me? You know, so that's super, super interesting because I think we don't always look at it that way. And in terms of your growth, because from that moment when someone had told you, you know, that's not enough or whatever, <laughs> do you think that your, would you say that your authenticity and finding that little like niche is what led to your growth? Because I feel like a lot of our listeners do want to grow on social media and want to provide value us too. So what would be like your best tip for growth? So I think for me, it was about figuring out the four or five pillars of my business and the four or five things that I wanted to be known for online. That was like my first step. Second step is, okay, here are the four or five things that I want to share and and be known for online. Here are the supporting content ideas that I can put out there. And then from there, you know, figure out what's responding how is it not? And I've always been a firm believer that your audience, your community that you cultivate, that's so special will lead you and guide you. You know, I listen and I take feedback almost every single day from my readers. And I, and I value that because essentially I view myself as a service provider mm-hmm. and I, I really cringe at the word influencer. I hate, I don't love the term because that was never really my goal. That's not my goal is to influence you. My goal is to make your day a little bit brighter, maybe a little bit easier mm-hmm. and a little bit more just like functional. So if, if I can add value to your day in your life, then I'm doing my job. So I, I'm not setting out to say like, oh, look at me, look at this fabulous life. You need to get everything that I'm getting. I'm saying, hey girl, I, I've been through it or I'm, I'm willing to try for, you know, for the sake of, of, of the try. And here's my experience. Here's my opinion on this. And, and to make you as educated as possible as a consumer on things. Uh, and that's where I feel like I'm able to provide value and in, in, in the service essentially to my audience. Absolutely. I love what you said about listening to, you know, your audience. And I think that that's a, a thing that we have picked up from a lot of people as well Is like, when you're not sure, you know, where to go down the path or you're trying things and nothing's sticking, like really yes. listen to like what the universe is telling you, what people around you are telling you yes. you're good at that you shine at. And I think also like listening to yourself of like, what makes you feel good? Like you said, you want to yeah. bring people joy. Like what are you putting out there that makes you feel like you're fulfilling that part of your purpose and if we uh-huh. just listened like a little bit more I think we would it would be a little bit easier but sometimes we get so you know hyper focused right yeah. exactly in the weeds but a little bit of a caveat but something that you are super known for on Instagram is being an <laughs> undergarment expert and I really <laughs> want to talk about this because we haven't had no one on to talk about this with yet um so I know you shared your story about your your dress and getting to know all of that from modeling and stuff in your personal experience. Have you seen like a lot of common mistakes that women are making when it comes to undergarments? Because I feel like nobody talks about this. Yes, 1000%. And it's funny, I never set out to be the undergarment expert or what my friends call me as the bra bitch. Oh, oh my God, you have to clean that. That's amazing. I never set out to it, but like, that's, that's the thing. Why, why is nobody talking about this? And why, 
why are brands posting photos of their models that are not fitting? So I guess if you're listening at home, there's three main tips that you can quickly determine whether or not your bra fits properly. Okay. I'm so excited. All right, let's do this together. So take your thumb. Are you wearing underwire bras? Yes. I'm wearing a sports bra. Okay. All right. So the, the rules won't count for you, Brenda. Okay. All right. So take your thumb. You put it in between your chest, mm-hmm. in between your breasts. Is that center wire laying flat in between your breasts? Yes. Okay. Great. That's good. That's yes. So your support comes from the band. Okay. So remember that. So if you're, if your center wire is tacking is what they call it, that means that you are set up for your band to do the heavy lifting. Okay. So that's the first I don't got a lot to lift. So that's probably why it fits. (laughs) It still matters. No matter your size, it still matters. Okay. So first thing, center wire needs to be laying flat in between your breasts. Second is go behind you. Is your band snug and parallel to the floor? So if you can fit a small child between yourself and the band, that thing is doing well for you. Okay. So so snug and parallel. It shouldn't be riding up your back. It shouldn't be down to your bum. It should be snug and parallel to the floor. So that's number two. Number three is you want to take your thumb again and go on the side. Is that side wire sitting behind all that breast tissue or is it sitting on top of that breast tissue? Mine's behind. Okay. That's great. So it sounds like you have really bra. So if you answered no to any of those problems, no, like no worries, no shame. Like I've been there, but it's a very, very common thing that most people are wearing too big of a band and too small of a cup. So if you are so interesting. So if you have any like quadruboob happening or you have any gaping in the cups, yes. your bra doesn't fit. If you haven't been fitted in the last year, your bra doesn't fit. You know, we as women are constantly evolving and changing. And why shouldn't our bras? Yes. <laughs> I got fitted. What I, I speak to, you know, a majority of my audiences are over 50. They've had kids. You know, I got fitted once in 1987. I've had seven kids. I breastfed them all. I'm, I was a 34 D back then. I'm like, okay, we, we evolved. <laughs> <It's changed. laughs> it is We're- so interesting. I I'm about to admit something so embarrassing about oh. it. I own three bras. Okay. I was about to say, I was about to say, are you wearing your soul nude bra? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Oh, I, cool. I no, 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 she meant soul like one nude. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I wear a bra every day. I own three. Like that is ridiculous. It's it's just funny to me because like I I see myself do it. Like I'll go and buy like a million other things that I like like oh I I really shouldn't spend money, but like I want this top, I want this dress, blah blah. But I never buy bras right. even though I'm wearing them every, every day. day. And here's the tea: you can have a ten dollar dress, but if your undergarments are on point, you look like a million bucks and vice versa. If you're, if you are having a hard time getting dressed or you can't wear, you think you can't wear a button down shirt because your boobs are too big. You need to go get properly fitted for a bra. <laughs> I'm getting preachy over here, yeah, but it's I true. Love it. It's so true. And, and, and as women, for whatever reason, we've really like forgotten about the importance of undergarments and properly fitting undergarments because the undergarments that you wear, they set the foundation for a killer outfit wardrobe when you get dressed and you're feeling good and you put on that dress and it 
fits. You're not worried about the boobs situation, nothing popping out or anything like that. And then you, you go get on and go with your day and you're feeling good. Your head, your head is held high. You're walking with confidence. And that just creates this ripple effect mm. into all the different aspects of your life. And it may seem so trivial, but if you have a properly fitting bra, you're just standing up a little bit taller and you're feeling a little bit more confident. And that just carries into so many different aspects of your life. I'm so glad that you said that. Honestly, it's funny because my friends, actually Julia and our friend Haley, they're always like, you need new bras. Like you just <laughs> has never worn a bra that fits her. I've never worn a bra that fits me. And something that um, Julia kind of briefly mentioned before that I've really been like, honestly struggling with is my, my body has been on every end of the spectrum. I've gained a lot of weight. I've lost weight. I've, I've been everywhere in between. And as a result, my boobs have changed a lot. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I, they don't define me. I don't think about it every single day or anything like that, but I just feel like I don't know what type of bra suits me best because like I don't know the shape of my boobs whatever whatever it is just like feels weird um and it also feels weird because I feel like there's this idea that like in your 20s you have the perkiest boobs in the planet and then like everything goes downhill later and I don't feel that way about mine which like is okay but like you said I feel like I avoid certain types of clothing certain like strapless things or whatever even if I like the outfit because I'm not happy with the way my boobs look (laughs) so this is where a proper expert trained fitter comes in a a well-trained fitter consider them like a matchmaker they have the product knowledge to match you with the perfect style for your shape your size Mm -hmm. and so my best suggestion is for you to find a local specialty shop there are a million there's a really some really great ones in new york city i'm happy to share store finders with you guys and then or a nordstrom so those, I know for a fact that their employees are trained on fit and a local specialty shop should be a good bet too, because a lot of these brands that are not necessarily conventional, you may have never heard of them. They have pretty strict um, rules on wh- where they're distributing their bras because they are in the business to fit bras versus when brands are in the business to sell bras. So your Victoria's Secret, your Soma, your Lane Bryant, they are just trying to sell bras. My sister, I, I, and I can tell you that for facts. My sister was 18 years old, worked at Victoria's Secret, watched a 15 minute video on how to train bras and was, and was told to sell bras. That was her job. So when you're walking into these places, you know, they they really just, and I'm sure they're really good hearted, well-meaning people, but they're just, they don't have that, that knowledge or expertise to, and it's really such an intimate thing. Um, and it, and it can, for me, especially when I I first got my first bra fitting was at Victoria's Secret. I went from wearing four sports bras on top of each other in fourth grade to a 36 C. I was mortified. It was a horrible experience. Mm. Um, and you know, through my years and, and until I started working for a company, that was focused on fit. I had no idea. I was wearing a 40D and now I'm in a 34I. Like, excuse oh. me, what? Not at all on the same spectrum. No. Yes. And and that's another thing too, is like everything we've been taught about cup sizes, like people think that Ds and double Ds are the biggest they come. Not right. true. Ds are actually quite small. Wow. They're actually, yeah, fun fact. So a lot of people will be like, well, I don't want to be a 36 G or I don't want to be, you know, and like, there's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just everything we've known and been taught on cup sizing and bra sizing is not necessarily true. And 
So my mission has been to kind of shed light on that experience and to lead you to that point where you can find someone who is that expert matchmaker and can find that style and the brand that fits you and makes you feel amazing. That's that's my goal and what's what I'm all about. I don't I wish I had the product knowledge. I don't. So maybe someday to know all the brands, all the bras, all the styles. Um, I know what works for me, but I, I know that what works for me won't necessarily work for everyone else, right? But I think I think what's so powerful here is just talking about it because yes. we don't talk about it. It's yes. so crazy to me until I came really across your stuff. Like I I don't it's one of those things that for some reason I don't know why but a lot of us women aren't thinking about in that way of like, is this really fitting me? Is this something that I pay attention to? Is this something that I'm taking care of when it's time to take care of that? Like, am I I being thoughtful when I'm buying my bras? I would assume for most women, no, you're going into the Victoria's Secret. You're letting them tell you what your size is and you're getting whatever it is. But clearly a lot of us are not, myself very included, not taking the time to really, you know, understand like, am I buying the proper bras? Am I buying the right fitting bras? Am I buying enough bras that are going to serve me? And I wanted to also talk about what you brought up about cup sizing, because I think that this is something again, that nobody talks about, but everybody is like secretly obsessed over of Mm -hmm. like what your cup size is and like what that means about you. Like, it's so interesting to me that I just don't think we ever talk about that and like what that what that might make someone feel and it's just kind of these like arbitrary not like letters that have just been like thrown out by like certain brands and it's almost like every brand is a different some you could be yeah. a in there's one no brand universal in, size chart in another brand yes. it's confusing it is and you know to add on to that the, the, the theme that I'm constantly coming across time and time again, no matter your age, no matter your phase in life, there's a lot of shame mm. attached to undergarments and in going to get a bra fitting and talking about wearing shapewear. Like there's a lot of shame attached to that. Um, and I think I, I, as a model, I was kind of desensitized to that process. Like it was just, it was my job to stand there in my underwear. So you know, I kind of just learned to roll with it, but yeah. I understand. And I can definitely validate that, you know, it can be uncomfortable. However, you know, when you are in a professional setting, you know, with a, a professional experience fitter, you know, it is, it is comfortable and it is helpful and there, it shouldn't be shameful, you know, and it, you should be treated with dignity and respect. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I mean, there it's, I think by talking about it, we're able to normalize it a little bit more. Right. And, and try to get rid of that, that shame aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. I, I it's funny. Cause as, as Julia was talking about the cup sizes, that's, a, that's the exact word that came to my mind because I'm like, I think there's so much shame around, Oh, well, if you're this particular size and that's like way too small, how embarrassing, but if it's, you know, on this end of the spectrum, then that's, that's the perfect size or whatever. Meanwhile, you know, I, I think using it as an example, I feel like if I were to be like, oh, this is the cup size that I am. It's like, oh, okay. All right. But then it's like, you have no idea how insecure I actually am about my, my boobs. And, um, it's just, it's so fascinating. So I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because I feel like so many people in our lives, like we don't know what types of bras fit us best. And it's, it's a lot of, 
I think it gives me personally, honestly, hope to know like, oh, this doesn't have to be like awkward or uncomfortable. Like there are people out there who want to help you feel really good and help you feel comfortable in your skin and allow you to feel like, I don't even know what the word is. Just, I guess, comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing too, I will say there is no online quiz or virtual scan that can replicate an in-person fitting. I mean, I've really tried my hardest to share all the tips and knowledge and, and almost overwhelmingly so, you know, and through COVID, bra fitting was really a challenge, right? For many people, they weren't comfortable going and getting fitted. Um, but there's there have been some some unique solutions along the way. But like, if you can get into a local specialty shop or a Nordstrom to fit it, do it. That is like, you will never be able to replicate that in a virtual quiz or anything like yeah. that. Totally. And it's, it's so interesting because I feel like people, and that's very helpful because I feel like there are online quizzes everywhere left and right. Um, But just one more thing on the shame piece and like the, I think people have end up having an attachment to like the size that they are in the same way that they can feel that way about like a clothing size, a a pant size, a a shirt size or whatever. It's funny because I feel like a lot of people, eh, maybe they do about shoes. I don't know. But anyways, I feel like people have an attachment to um, their bra size is a lot. Like I'll say, honestly, my mom on even for, as an example, like she, we were passing bras the other day and she was like, I actually need a new one, but this is the size that I am. And I'm like, are you sure that that's the size that you are? Just curious. She's like, yeah, that's the size I've always been. So I'm like, huh. But you know, that was 20 years ago that you probably got measured. It's so Um, crazy. Yes. I mean, you know, it just goes back to the fact like we are constantly evolving inside and out, right? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't our bra size? It's so true. And I think people also struggle to make the, like the investment quote unquote, like financially, because they're like, oh, well, what if this changes or what if that changes? Like, I know for me, the last thing that I think about investing in would be bras. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. Crazy. No, but like what you said before, like it really does make, it does make such a difference mm-hmm. when you feel like you're being, for lack of a better word, supported. supported yeah. And like that really does change your outside your posture, energy. your energy. Yeah. Wow. It's just mind blowing that it's not talked about more and it's mind blowing to me right now. And what I do to myself of just like that, we don't, a lot of us don't put enough thought into it. Yes. But yeah. I'm sure that with this episode, so many people are going to just kind of shift their mindset about it and maybe at least give some thought to where they're at in their experience with their undergarments and their bras. Um, but you've been so incredible. This has been so helpful, like beyond belief. Yeah, just- I'm like inspired to go buy new bras now. I'm going to go to <laughs> I know we should really go. To have a Nordstrom to go. Yes. Do that with your friends, everybody. Get a group of friends. <laughs> Go to your local Nordstrom's. Everyone get fitted. Or local specialty shops. Or local special, yes. specialty shop. All go get fitted. Go get an <laughs> ice cream after. Yes, make it a girl's day. <laughs> that sounds so fun, honestly. <laughs> honestly, we should plan it. Okay, we're going to plan it. All I'm good. Do it. And I'm tag excited. me. And then you can, yes. join, you can join the properly fitting bra club. I have a hashtag. On Instagram, and I have a a private group on Facebook where women are constantly sharing and troubleshooting all the bra things. Oh, incredible! Hey, we wear them pretty much every day, so yeah, talking about it. It's time you deserve it. Yes, and you've given us so much wisdom and insight and everything in between. So, Uh um, to get to know a little bit about you, do you have any daily practices, rituals, or routines that you incorporate into your days? 
Yes. So I am a firm believer in not looking at my phone the first few hours of being awake. So Mm -hmm. I always, I like to wake up. I try to think of like, even if it's three quick things, three things I'm grateful for right off the bat. When I start my, my mind with just from a place of gratitude. Um, And then I I like to watch the news and I like to work out, have my coffee every single morning before turning on email, before turning on social media. And that for me, like gets my mind right in the right space before I can set my, set my tone for the day. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I respect that so much because I really am not good with that. The first I get it. You just, you get on, you scroll. But for me, it's like, if I wake up and I see something or I see a comment that sets me off or I see something Mm -hmm. negative, like that is really hard for me to like bounce back from. So I've learned that like, I have to mentally, I have to have my coffee. (laughs) I have to like do other things before I can open myself up to that, to, to be in the right spot to start today. I love it. Set yourself up for success, whatever way that is. Um, Carolyn, this has been so awesome. Has there been any, we ask this to all of our guests, has there been any resource in your life? It could be a person, a book, a podcast, anything that has helped guide you through your twenties thus far? Ooh, gosh, there's been so many. Um, I feel like I've, I've been very, very grateful to have a really great group of support people around me of women, um, and, and men that have, have really helped guide me I wish I could like lean them all off or, or pinpoint it down to one thing, but yeah, no, that's, that's so incredible. Sorry. I thought it cut out for a second. Um, but no, it's, it's great. And I feel like it's, it's so beautiful to us, honestly, because I feel like more and more people like name people <laughs> in their lives. Um, and it's just so cool because it's true. The people we surround ourselves with really make such an impact on our lives and, you know, have the opportunity to elevate us and all that. Absolutely. Um, better challenge us. Yeah. And our last question for you is where can people find you? Where can they find you if they want to work with you? Anything that you want to plug so that people can find you. Thank you so much. You can find me at carolynmorand.com. My name is spelled a little weird, but I'm sure you'll have it typed up. And my handle is at carolynmorand everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things, but and properly fitting bra club is that with the hashtag yes properly fitting bra club um we have a private group on facebook and then the hashtag if you're able to join would love to love to see it yes and if you <laughs> go after this episode and go get a new bra let us know yes, let us all know. know we, we want to celebrate you because yes. we all deserve it as <laughs> carolyn said carolyn <laughs> thank you so much for your time this has been so wonderful and very inspiring in a lot of ways. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a treat. Absolutely. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.